And welcome to a brand new episode, episode 33 of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live with Jason Martinez and Russ Cohen. Russ, let me tell the people about Bet Parks because it's fantastic. You got to get the new app. It's easy to use. Same game parlays. So you can bet props. You know, you can bet spreads, teasers, puck lines, money lines. You can bet player performances, first to score, exact score. First to score is always fun because you can get like plus like 1800 on a guy like, uh, I don't know, Mark Shifley scoring right. his first goal for Winnipeg and you get plus 1800. It's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. For Shifley, do you get that or do you get that for like somebody a little bit lesser like Neil Pionk or somebody? Yeah, like, I mean, some of the, like, top scorers, you'll get at least plus 1,200 for first to score. You'll get, like, plus right. 180 okay. for just to score. Like, Connor McDavid to score is pro- probably, like, plus 110. Yeah, yeah. But Connor McDavid to have over one and a half points, you'll get, like, plus 130 or something like that. But right. That's okay. normal. All right. Now you gave me perspective. I understand that. <laughs> Um, so check out the new Bet Parks app. It is simple to use. It is launched. It's the great, best in mobile casino and sports book. And you can get uh, in on all the action there, including the finality of the college basketball tournament. Of course, the remainder of the NHL, NBA seasons, and uh, subsequent playoffs. All there, faster to win than ever before. Fun to use, easy to use. And right now, uh, users get a choice of either a $20 casino bonus or a $20 free sports bet. So make sure you download the Bet Parks app. Uh, and you do need to be over 21. Present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler and another fine presenter of Stick to Hockey Live. So we always love it, uh, having them uh, be a part of this great program. And we love having our guest on today being a part of the program as well, because we like to debate stuff. The one and only Russ Cohen from sportsology.com at sportsology on Twitter, doing great work on what EP Rinkside as well. Yep. EP Rinkside for prospects, uh, full press coverage for. Some other hockey stuff, mostly prospects and for baseball. And, you know, you remember baseball. Anyhow. Well, baseball's back, and I'm, I'm glad I to know. see it, you know. But you're not the biggest baseball guy, so I don't try and tease you into that. Yeah, I, I used to love it, Russ, but I'm just not in love anymore. Right. You know, the, the game's disappointed me, and hopefully that they'll move the game in the right direction from a strategic standpoint to, to put more action back into the game. You know? Right. I agree with that. They need action. Yeah, and I think I think one thing does it, and that would be limiting the shift. Well, they they supposedly have done that, so the shift yeah. is supposedly not. That's again, I know the argument, and then we could bring it back to hockey. The argument is, well, the players should just be able to hit there. That's fine, but you know, when the game was created, like any game created, a shortstop was not supposed to be able to be on the other side of second base. Yeah, like that's you know that that wasn't in the thought process back then. Yeah, people say, well, yeah, the, the pitcher should or the hitter should just be able to hit it the other way. Pitching's too good now <laughs> to right. do that. And sometimes rules need to be put into sport to evolve it. I mean, the NHL did it. They took out the red line. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a huge deal. Changed the game so much. Remember the two-line pass? Like, think about it. Yeah. That. Just imagine if Mario had played with no red line, oh. how many extra points he would have had. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right because it stretches. Because he ice. never really went deep into his zone; he just would straddle the line and mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting for a pass. Yeah, and was just so dynamic offensively, either scoring or setting guys up that yeah, he would have been just ridiculous. And there are some guys like you look in sports and you go, "Man, if this guy would have played in that generation or this gen that you know a guy from the past played in this generation, it, it would just be incredible." 
you know, but the greats can play in any generation. And no, they just, can. Because you go back and watch 80s hockey and watch those Edmonton teams and go, oh, Gretzky wouldn't have been crap today. Bullshit. Gretzky <laughs> would have been great no matter what. He would have. And actually, what's, what's interesting is the stretch pass that is so popular now, oh, my God, he would have been killing it on the stretch passes, especially when he was younger. Forget yeah. it. Coffee to Gretzky? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> on the stretch? I mean, coffee was unbelievable. Real quick, before we, because now that we mentioned Paul Coffee and mm-hmm. you know some of the great defensemen, and there's so many great offensive defensemen in today's game, but Roman Yossi, Russ, I mean, he's getting into rarefied air with the amount of he, is. he has, um, and he's he seems to be in on everything Nashville does. I mean, can this guy be denied the Norris this year? I know a lot of people. I want mean, the Norris is so hard. I mean, <clears throat> I get to vote. And I probably will study this for a day just for the Norris because, you know, there's him, there's Fox, there's McCarr. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous how how many guys and how close it could be. But I saw Yossi do something like superhuman against the Flyers in that, and not the most recent game, but the game in Philly. When the puck was shot down the end, he got there and got to do the touch-up, which, you know, gets whistled. Uh, with only, I want to say, three seconds to go, four seconds to go. And I didn't think a human could do it that quick. You remember that? Where he yeah. got one more offensive zone face-off out of it because he really, like, just put on the Jets. Like, that was incredible. He does things like that all the time. Yeah, he is so good. I mean, what he likes to do, too, is he'll activate in the offensive zone. And I remember talking to, I think it was Nick Schultz about this, Flyers assistant coach. He's a guy that will get in down below the bottom of the circle in the offensive zone but then cycle his way out high. And a lot of it has to do with just mm-hmm. how confident he is with the puck. Cause a lot of guys, you don't like to cycle out high out by the blue line. Cause if you right. lose it, it's going the other way. Yes. But he creates so much from there. And you saw it in that game winning goal on Sunday where he, he cycled down below the net out high. And then he has that slap pass to, you know, for the game winner uh, with a minute, what 19 left. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just he he does some things now that not many can do, and he's really at the height of his game. Like right now, at 31, we are seeing his best hockey. Yeah. And, you know, and that's I'd say that's pretty typical, 28, 29, 30, 31, right especially now range. For a defenseman, right? Yeah, especially for a defenseman. Uh, it's really unbelievable, though, what he, what he has turned into. I, I don't know if anybody would have thought that. Yeah. Yeah, he is spectacular. Um, speaking of that, before we get to the Flyers, you know, there's a guy that's going to be a pending UFA in Calgary. He's got ties to the area, as you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've stayed at the rink. It's only 20 minutes from my house. Yeah, and, and his name is all over the place in there uh, with a bunch of others as well. Um, but you look at Johnny Gaudreau, 30 goals, 60 assists, plus 49 Daryl Sutter has gotten this guy to play a complete game like he's never played before. Now, he's had dynamic seasons, Russ, but he's just oh, been yeah. so good in totality this season, uh, Gaudreau has. And, I mean, he's going to get paid, but is, does oh, yeah. he leave Calgary, in your opinion, and get to unrestricted free agency? Yeah, I think that's his, that's his goal, and I think that's going to happen. I think Calgary blew it. They had their shot. Mm-hmm. They sort of rolled the dice on this year, and they came up, uh, they came up snake eyes, because they probably fought and thought, uh, you know, Goudreau's been good for us. He's he's been tailing off a little bit, 
and now he's having his best year going into that. They didn't trade him because, hey, they're in it, and they feel like they could win a cup. So now they're in that worst spot where they're going to have to trade his rights to somebody. And yeah, I don't think it could be the Flyers because I don't think they can come up with the with the funds to do it. Yeah, I just I don't. Mean, he's going to get paid. I mean, so if he's not doesn't sign in Calgary, the the longest term he can sign is obviously seven years. Right. What does that number look like in AAV over seven years for him? Is it is it nine point five? Nine nine and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I think nine nine and a half. I think New Jersey would do it. Yeah. Well, look what they look what they gave Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, if you get him and you have Hamilton and you have Hughes. Yeah, then you've got you've got some real and he sure is not as dynamic as the other three. That's why I kind of left him on the next one. But that you know, that's some pretty dynamic players. Then if their goaltending gets solidified, big Devils could start being a real big problem. Yeah. Kate, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood has been the guy that they thought was going to be the guy, and maybe they're thinking he's not the guy now. You know, the burn There's issues things. with his heel, and yeah. take it from a guy that a year ago got a bone spur in his, meaning me. Um and it's just coming around now, almost a year later, and I've done all kinds of PT. Like, I've been walking the whole time. I, I have not been running at all, and I feel like I might be able to now, but I think even a month or two ago, I wouldn't have been able to. And so, yeah, you're a goalie now. You're putting all that pressure on your heel, and so I think they're, they were a little worried. Yeah, the feet for the goalie is the connection to the ice, and – so much relies on that so much so that a lot of goalies won't even wear two piece skates anymore. It's all one wow. piece because of the connection that you get to the ice and the field. Are there any barefoot goalies? Like I know some players go barefoot. Mm-hmm. Do any goalies do that? Absolutely. I did for they years. Did? Yeah. Did? Okay. Yeah. You just feel like you don't, you want more connection to the feel with the ice and you get that barefoot inside the boot of the skate. So and when your foot goes numb, that's just normal. Like I, I just, my feet would be freezing. Like, I don't know how you get past that. Yeah, there are times where you're like, oh, my God, it feels like there's no blade underneath me. My foot is just hovering above the ice, and it's cold because you don't have a lot of action. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, in NHL buildings, it's a little different because it's warmer in those buildings. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a warmer environment than, uh, uh, you know, rink four at Ice Line, <laughs> which is yeah. one of the coldest ones in the area. Um, let me ask you about Owen Tippett, Russ, because mm-hmm. uh, he's the piece that essentially comes back for Giroux, not the whole thing, the – the draft picks a couple years away, but let me take you back to 2017 when it was his draft year. What did you think of him as a prospect uh, in his draft year coming into the NHL? I liked him. I just looked it up recently. I had him uh, ranked 11th. He went 10th. Um, generally when I rank somebody, they could go anywhere within five spots or six spots if I'm doing a good job of it. So um, I liked his shot. I liked his physical toughness. Those things you still see, the skating was good, but needed to get better. The skating's better. So I liked all those things. But the problem with Owen Tippett is he hasn't improved a lot since that guy. Mm-hmm. And so it's an easy talking point, like on a broadcast. Oh, he's got such a great shot. Oh, look, it hit the post. Or he's got this. I've noticed some things in him that I'm that I'm willing to talk about. And um, one of them is I think he needs a shooting coach. I think this offseason... I don't know if you know this. You may because you're you're really on the inside. But, you know, Claude Giroux had a shooting coach once when um, he wanted to score more. He went to a guy named Pat Malloy, started working with him on different angles and everything. Because you remember, there was all a lot of us were saying, hey, Giroux should score more. He should. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
I want to say three, four years ago, he came back out and was scoring like crazy. He was really starting to fool goalies in as he was a little older. Yep. And it really helped him tip it. And I'm not sure Giroud like needed it, needed it, but he's such a crazy guy, wanted to stay on top that I get it. Owen Tippett needs it. I see times where he's rushing his shot and that's where he's hitting the post. I see times where like he's trying to do a backhand, but he doesn't have a quick enough trigger for that. Mm-hmm. He does have a quick enough trigger um, when he's like at the circle with his wrist shot. He knows how to do that. But the other thing is, and, and this really needs to get worked on, you know how when they have him set up as like the hammer on the power play, yeah. you've got to be ready to just shoot and go. Like Giroud, yeah, you, you gave him the puck. It was just, yeah. You can't wait a half second. You can't decide something. And if you noticed, he hasn't been doing that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I remember talking to Joel Farabee about this because you remember Farabee's rookie year. I do. You know, he, he gets into the league and he's get to all these chances. He seems like he's always in the right spot. Mm-hmm. But he just couldn't finish. He had like six goals that year, right? Yeah. And then he comes back the next year and he's finishing. And I remember asking Joel about it. I said, Joel, you know, you, you had a ton of chances last year. This year, you're kind of burying them. Like, what's the deal? And he's like, it's it was the main thing I worked on in the offseason. And he had a shooting coach. Yeah. It's basically, for lack of a better term, not maybe shooting coach, but finishing coach. Yes. Because to finish at the NHL, and Joel talked about this. He said, you know, goalies in the NHL uh, made you think you had something just to take it away. Right. They, would, they, they almost give you a look. Yeah, they're like, that, look, look, you could score, and then they come yeah. over and save it. Yeah, I get it. It's easy mouse game. Yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah. you give him a little glove because you, yep. you're looking for because you know that if I give him a little extra net here, he's probably going to go there, and that predictability helps allows you. you to anticipate it. Yeah, and um, I mean, you do that a lot as a goaltender, but he, he knew that he had ch- he had to change his release angles. He had to yeah. vary where he released the puck from. Like a lot of people just see the shot and they go, okay, that's a shot. No, no, no. Uh, the reason why I looked at this the other night and it was the Flyers game against Colorado, Kadri scores that first goal. Why does he score it? Because he pulls it to his feet for the release. Yeah. And you don't know where the release is coming. You don't get as much on it, but these guys get a lot on everything. Of course. Why is Austin Matthews a great scorer? Because he's constantly changing his release. And he's points. got deception with that shot. He does. Yeah. When he pulls it, and when when a forward pulls it into his body, closer to his body, it's less information you're now giving the goalie. Right. If the puck's out, you're reading the shoulders, the eyes, the positioning of the body, where the puck is on the stick, on the blade of the stick, the release, all those things. As he pulls it in, everything's changing, and there's less predictability on if he's going to go short side, long side, five hole, or high. Yeah. I think this is a big deal for Tippett. He has I, I to do, do too. this. I totally agree with you, Ross. Yeah, I'm glad because fire at the NHL level. No, it's he's not going to learn this at the NHL level. It's not going to get better in 20 games this season. You know, he might go on a little scoring streak, but but this is essentially why he's not been scoring. And whether Florida did anything with him or not, we'll never know. But the Flyers have to try to do this because. That is the only way you're getting this guy to be like a 20, 25 goal scorer. Cause the guy we see right now is not going to be able to do that. 
No. It just taking the shots from good spots is not going to mm-hmm. be enough at the NHL level. The goaltending is too good. It is. You're, you're so right. you got to learn how to finish at the NHL level, and that is different. Like, he's got good numbers in the AHL, 60 points. In yeah, because the goalies aren't as good. Yeah, and the structure's not as good. Right, and the structure's not as good. Yeah. Um, to me, he goes to the right spots. He drives in that hard. He moves mm-hmm. well for his side. Yeah, he, he definitely gets – there's some things he does that are really good. He he gets players involved. He's worked on his playmaking because he hasn't been scoring, and and his playmaking's gotten a little better. Those kinds of things are very good. I just feel like if you're going to get 15 or more minutes of ice time, and you're going to be on the top power play, and they're going to put you on the hammer, you have to score. Like that's it. Like if he doesn't score, he's basically just another third liner. Like, that's really what it boils down to at this point. Yeah, to me, he needs to be refined. I I think the tools are there, but Mm -hmm. the refining of those tools for the NHL level. I mean, and he's got to be able to, you know, play away from the puck. Yeah, that's like the game against the abs was his worst game. Not the abs, sorry, the Predators, the worst game against the puck, which no surprise. I mean, they're a team that plays big and heavy, but that's the other thing. So I'm going to drag the rest of the Flyers into this and say, if you remember, Yo was talking about how they needed to be big and heavy. Fine. So they brought up a lot of big and heavy guys. They've, they've got McEwen up there. They've got Hudson up there. they got this. they got that. The problem is just big and heavy in this league isn't good enough. you got to be big and heavy and fast and skilled. Otherwise, you're going to come up short. And that's why even in that game against Nashville where you could say, hey, they scored four goals. Yeah, but they also let Nashville score four in one period because at times guys were standing around including like Kevin Hayes, even though Hayes is doing much better offensively now, he looks a lot healthier, but he was standing around at times. It made me think, uh, Jason, that there still may need to be a core change with this team. I, I first I was sort of like, ah, they might be able to be okay. And, and that's not Van Riemsdyk. Like that's where aside from Van Riemsdyk, they may have to do another change because it's going to be hard to all of a sudden bring in another coach and not have some of these guys fall back on bad habits that they've been doing all season that Yo is not fixing. Yeah, like Yo talks a good game, but the guys aren't doing what he what he is saying to us that they should be doing. Yeah, and th- if they do, it's for spurts. It's not right. true um, habitual commitment to it. Right. And 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 look, maybe you know some of these guys that you're talking about. You maybe you you know part of that core change. I mean, I can identify six or seven guys on the team right now that in total their play is trending in a good direction mm-hmm. and which which isn't to say some of these guys some of the guys that i'm not going to mention aren't but these guys are more pronounced obviously kevin hayes is he yes. healthier than he's been i think in two years russ and i think looks, so too yeah i mean he's moving like 1920 hayes which i'm surprised he's moving that well this season me too me after too. that cleanup and and the infection so he's moving in the right direction. I think Konechny clearly is. Travis. Sanheim yeah, he's finally too. figuring it out. It took a lot of this yeah. season, though. Yeah, it did. And it shouldn't at this point in his career. No. Um, Sanheim obviously is playing at a level and confidence-wise. and Offensively, activating. I still am seeing defensive flaws now that are kind of like making me think, hmm. Because if you're going to go in deep with Travis Sanheim and you're getting to that point where you have to make that decision in this yeah. summer, these next 20 games are important to see if he could hold his own defensively. Like he has to be able to just hold his own. Yeah. 
And you don't want him. He's not a top pairing guy. He needs to no. be a second pairing guy. And if if he's in that situation and he can hold his own, then you got a good situation. Yes. Farabee, I, I think, is a guy that we both believe in and oh, yeah. never really questioned. Nope. Uh, but Morgan Frost is starting to show some signs. He doesn't have the numbers he, to show for it, but he's playing better. He made some really good plays yesterday uh, against a good team. I think he has been doing those other little things. He's one of the few guys that actually is playing Mike Yo hockey, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and he's creative, too. Yes. And, and then you look at, you know, you look at York and Provorov. Well, actually, and just to go back, though, the biggest reason, and this is where I was kind of, like, upset with Yo is Frost feels this comfortable because he's not at center. Mm-hmm. If Frost is at center, he's not feeling this comfortable because he has to work on too many things right now. He's feeling this comfortable because now it's easier for him, which means, hey, maybe he won't be a center or maybe he'll be a center in a year or two. But at least now they they have to – the Flyers have to know now that – and they knew it, but they still put him at center because Joe talked about it. Like, hey, we've got to just leave this kid on the wing right now because – we have to let him develop first on the wing, and then we'll worry about it. Yeah, he wouldn't be the first guy to be a winger when he first comes in and then move to no. center where he, he may be better suited long-term. Right. Um, but but you lessen the load on the player. Yeah. You just lessen the load on him. Yeah. Um, and then York and Provorov, um, you know, Provorov's had a very erratic season, but all of a sudden you're not seeing the, the same amount of mistakes. And I was talking to Bill Melter about this on Flyers Daily, and – Bill kind of his assessment of it was that, you know, York plays with a lot of structure mm-hmm. and Provorov needs a partner that has structure. Yeah, I think he's right. I think Bill's right yeah. on there. The The only thing about um, York is, as this is what I try and tell people, he's not going to be like a super duper offensive defenseman. He's not. No. He's a very good defenseman. He's a very good skater. He makes good plays. He's good on puck retrieval. Good He'll get passer. more physical. He's a really good passer. But his shot isn't fantastic either. Mm-hmm. It's not. And when you see him at the point of the power play, he might take one or two, but he's passing more than he's shooting too. And you kind of wonder if he'll work on that a bit more because now that he's reached this level, that's where it's showing a little for him. Yeah. I mean, with him, there's a few things. I mean, there's still some areas of his game and he's playing the right side for the first time. And Yes, that's that, all new for him too. Yeah. I mean, that's a benefit offensively in the offensive zone. In the mm-hmm. neutral and D zone, it's a bit, it's obviously a hindrance um, uh, with your stick in the middle of the ice. But right. that being said, I like the way he uses his stick to deny entries. Mm-hmm. And that quick transition, we saw it twice, Russ. We saw it, um, Zach McEwen's goal against Colorado. Yep. And we saw it on uh, the, the quick up to Kevin Hayes, blue line to blue line. And then Hayes eventually dropped it off for Konechny for that one-time goal uh, in the game prior to that against St. Louis. But he gets that puck. He doesn't go D to D. He transitions right away with a stretch pass right up to the blue line. And then you're back in and attacking. And to me, that's that's like when you were a kid and you were in the pool at the local pool and the, you were getting dunked by the bully. And he only lets you up for a half a second. And then, boom, you're right right. back under. That's right. what that feels like for a team defending. Yeah. And York did that with the NTDP. And I think and to some degree, some degree at Michigan, to some yeah. degree, because they, you know, they, they play it a little tighter there. But yeah, and so I do think that that that's like that's where his real talent lies, and and that is starting to come through. Do I know that he is a top pairing right side defenseman for next year? No. I do not know that yet. No, I'm not ready to go there yet. That's I don't even know if Ryan Ellis makes starts the season. Yeah, because I'll just tell you my feeling about that. I'm not a doctor, but 
it makes me worry when they say they know what it is, and now they're just trying to figure out a course of action. They went a whole season without surgery, so clearly they thought rehabbing would work, and it didn't, whatever this kind of knee injury is. And so if he doesn't get operated on soon, it's going to worry me that they're just worried about which type of operation to give him for him to have the best career. That's what I'm going to start getting worried about because most of the guys, Jay, you know it, I know it, we see it. They usually get operated on pretty quickly and know what the recovery is and know everything else. You know, all Chuck will say is, yeah, we're, you know, we're hoping for he'll be back next season. We're pretty sure of that. But there's, there's no way you could be definitive at this point. Yeah, it's been shrouded in mystery. I mean, the it really has four games and we still don't have a definitive answer on what the injury is. No. Why the mystery? You know, that's that's one of those questions that a lot of people are asking. And, you know, th- there is this notion that maybe you want to have the surgery at a particular time because you don't want a gap to exist from recovery from the surgery into training for next year. It was something that Kevin Hayes had after the core surgery last year at the end of the season. Okay. Had that gap after recovery and then started the captain skates and re-injured it. Sometimes when you have that gap. Yeah, but that's a core. This is a knee. Yeah. I don't hear about this with knees. Do you know it's a knee with Ryan Ellis? I do. I know for sure. No, I'm still guessing, I guess, but I, I I don't know for sure. Hip. Okay. So if it's a hip, that is a longer recovery than any knee operation out there. Yeah. With the exception of a tear, but yeah. Well, yeah, but at this point, if it was just a tear, um, that's, and, and it makes sense. It could be because that's why they maybe were trying to rehab it, but I guess it does depend on the degree of tear, but you see with guys, um, the hips take a while, even just to play well again, like Sagan, it took last year was just like a, a, a flash of what he used to be. He's a little bit more what he should be like this year. So, you know, I, I almost think people should hope it's a knee over, <laughs> over a hip. Yeah, it's amazing, like what they can do with hips now, though. Uh, it but is. again, do we know is it degenerative or is it, you know, injured? You know, no, is I mean, that's the whole thing. We don't know. <clears throat> we don't know. I know about degenerative hips because I was born with one. Yeah. So I happen to know a lot about hips. I do. And I never once thought it was a hip. Um, and I still kind of don't think it is. But again, we're the guessing. The thing is, is, like you can have the hip injury and it can manifest itself in the knee. Because oh yeah, because yeah, know, the favoring yeah. factor. I've look, I yep. favored my whole life, and eventually my knee blew out as a result. Yeah. Uh, on that, you know, so I, I lived that, so I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know with like hip pain, like my my hips are gassed. I went to the doctor, my orthopedic yeah. guy, like a year ago, and I just said, you know, what am I looking at here? And he was like, well, you're gonna have to have a replacement, probably full. And right. uh, he's like, I don't know if you were born this way or you just have done so much damage, but it's like your your hip sockets are shallow. Yeah, like you have the ball that goes in. Yeah, and, oh yeah. And he's like, "Yours are shallow." Plus, not to mention, I have like bursitis on. So, like when right. I'm walking down the stairs, sometimes I'll be like, almost like buckle. And I'm like, "Oh shit, oh, horrible pain." But um, just be happy you have a um, a ball. I don't have one. And one of my, I was born without a hip socket. Oh wow, no hip socket. I couldn't walk till I was five. Holy shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to Canada. This guy invented a procedure. I was the youngest to ever have it done. This is back in, you know, a long time ago. So back in uh, the forties. <laughs> but I'm really lucky because they couldn't find these things on x-rays. Like x-rays yeah. just don't tell the story. So 
but it actually grew out of my muscle tissue. My muscle tissue grew around the the hip bone as I got older, you know, as I was growing as a, as a five-year-old up on up and it worked. So the guy was right. And, but again, I, you know, always felt like I was going to need, need a hip replacement and I haven't had to get it yet. You pushed the head, the agenda because of the position you played. Yeah. And still like it, it's the one thing that hurts the most uh, on my body. The knees yeah. have always been a little banged out, but yeah, the hips are horrific. Yeah. Um, speaking of goaltending, um, the job that, I mean, I know that they gave up the sixth spot to Colorado. I don't know that you could have stopped that in that situation, you know, three and four days back to back. And, you know, then Colorado has the hockey gods a little bit on their side too, with some deflections off your own players. Yep. Yep. Like they needed it. Um, but, and then the, you know, Martin Jones gives up five against Nashville, but he was good in the game. No, he was okay in that game. That was one where I can't get on him. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the four of the goals deflected again. I mean, team's got to do a better job of preventing that, but the job that Kim Dillabaugh has done with the Flyers goaltending, when you consider where both of those guys were at the end of last season with Carter coming off a horrific season as a young player, Martin Jones, three years playing behind the the team with the least amount of D structure in the NHL over those three years in the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. A bunch of guys that can play offensive from the blue line, but right. can't defend their way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, Vlasic used to be able to, but he's yeah, slow, but that's, too slow now. Yeah, yeah, and and you look at it, and so many bad habits developed in Martin Jones' game, and and Dilly's done a really good job, kind of getting both those guys back uh, to to playing at a high level. I, I I've been very impressed that. Um, Carter Hart, even when he's getting lit up because it's mainly his team's fault, <clears throat> hasn't really suffered Bubble. mentally. Like last year, yeah, like last year we saw it. Like we knew, and I saw it, and I that's when I got on Twitter and said they really need to rest this guy and had all kinds of arguments, and then eventually they really needed to rest that guy. Um, but this year he's in a whole different mental place, and I really do feel like Dillabaugh deserves credit for that. Jones, I'm still 50-50 about. I think, like – I call him three goal a game Jones. He's going to give up three goals just about every game he plays. Now, if that's the if that's what it's come to because Dillabaugh has gotten it to that point where you know that it's not going to ever get any worse than that because it really doesn't for him the, for the most part, then I think that's a win for him. If it's he's just sort of done what he can, then I can't blame him. But I'm, I, I'm still on the fence about Jones. Yeah, and I just don't know that you can't move forward in the next year with Felix Anstrom and Carter Hart. I think they're going to have to, like, I, unless they find somebody that will sign for seven fifty that could be better than Sandstrom. It's going to be hard. Like, I just don't know where they're going to get this person from. You know, do you want forty two year old Craig Anderson? No, no. Um, so I don't know. I mean, this is this is where being a cap strap team kind of hurts you because you'd like to be able to spend a little more on the goaltending because Hart is still a young guy. Yeah. And you just don't want a backup goaltender to undo you if it, right. You know, cause he's got to play. There's too many back to backs yes. in this league and he's got to, the backup also has to be a guy that it can step in if your starter gets injured for a period of time. Cause and we can't say that we know Fedotenko, sorry, would do any better only because first he has to get, Fedotov, sorry, Fedotenko, yeah. <laughs> Rusty Fedotenko on the mind. Yeah, Fedotov first would have to get here, and then you'd have to see what he looks like in North American ice because, again, the angles are so different. Every goalie tells me that 
that there is a transition period and you can't really do that at the NHL level. Yeah. You it's too unforgiving. You have to play in the AHL first. You now maybe you could get away with 10, 12 games down there and do it and have Sandstrom be the backup for that and then come and then be the backup. Maybe. I mean, are players coming over from Russia right now though? No. You know, nobody is. Part. Yeah. I mean, that's the other part of the equation. And Fedotov's put up put up great numbers in the Olympics and has put up great numbers in the KHL playoffs. And I've watched him. I mean, I watched a lot of video and and we we saw him in camp here like two years ago. Yeah. And I think he took some of that and and really ran with it. And I think this year he is really a different goalie. Like I think he's even twenty five years of age too. He's, he's I know he's not a young man. No, but again, twenty five is that age sometimes where it starts to really click for a goalie, especially a bigger goalie. You know, name me another you know Ben Bishop that gets in the league young. I, I can't do it. Yeah, a Bishop guy that size took a while, Russ, to be able to figure oh, yeah. out how to move at the NHL yeah. level without just relying on his size. And that's my point. He was probably yeah. like twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then eventually, those big guys, though the injuries, I mean, the body just takes us to oh, yeah. going down and up uh, at that. But size. I do think you know Fedotov could be that guy. But again, there's a lot that has to go right. There's a lot of ifs there. Yeah, and there's. You just don't know. You can't go into the season not knowing um, no. when you're trying to recoil. Um, real quick, let's be, before we wrap up, um, let's talk about you. I love making predictions when you're on. <laughs> let's make some predictions here as of okay. the 28th of March with basically a month to go in the regular season. The season's going to end for the Flyers. It ends on the 29th of April. Right. So who are your top four or top two teams in each conference? Who do you think is going to meet basically – in the conference final, let's start in the West. Are, are you a firm believer in Colorado? Is Minnesota a team that's built for the playoffs now with Mark Andre Fleury? If he ends up being the guy over Cam Talbot and the way Billy Garen's built that team to be a whole lot of nasty, uh, then you look at teams in, in you know the Pacific. Whether can Edmonton go on a heater? Do they just not have the goaltending? What about the Kings? Or obviously Calgary has been a team that has really, really impressed me. Yeah. Um, St. Louis is a team that's built that could go on a run. Who, who do you think the top two teams are that are going to end up in the Western Conference Final? Well, preseason I picked Minnesota. I'm sticking with them, especially wow. with the upgrades. Yeah. So I that's one of them. Uh, Warrior is it all kinds of nasty for? Them. Oh no, that was a great pickup by Garen. Like he, he he's got good hands it. too. Like yeah. he's the same guy as Zach McEwen, except he could actually score a little bit. Yep. And and Delorier really is good at what he does and antagonizing and being physical. So that kind of guy in the playoffs is is really good to have. I'm going to say, you know, I'm really struggling. I think it could be St. Louis or Calgary. Or if you're going to make me pick one. Um, I'm going to go St. Louis because it's not that far removed from them being there before. And I kind of think that um, Sutter is going to run Calgary into the ground at some point. Yeah, that team. Sutter, Sutter in his time in LA didn't do that, but that's a long time ago, Jay. The league has even changed since then. Yeah. And I don't know if, if he's going to be able to get, get that kind of um, buy-in for that long without guys breaking down. That's what I'd like to see. We know how good Colorado has been this regular season. I mean, they're off the charts. They're off but the charts, they, great not, offensively. Their goaltending is good, but not great. Yeah, their defense is not built for the okay. playoffs, are they? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't that's what worries me about them. Yeah, I, I don't know. You can outscore your problems in the playoffs. We've seen too many teams try and do it, and too many teams fail at doing it. 
Absolutely. It definitely changes to the point where it's hard to score four goals in a game in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the uh, the Eastern Conference and look at the teams here because only one team in the NHL averages over four goals per game. That's the Florida Panthers. And that's why I picked preseason to actually win the Cup. So I'm going wow. to pick them definitely to um, to go. And actually, um, one of somebody I know very well took that bet, just to let you know, based on what I told them, because they were asking me preseason. So that could be a pretty good bet for somebody. Um, wow. Again, don't go with me and bets because I'm not the, the best guy to go with. But I still have to go with Florida because I do feel like they're pretty complete and Bob is playing really good hockey. And now Spencer Knight has gotten hot too, just in case. So mm-hmm. I think things are going the, right at the right time. Zito put the right team together. He made the right moves. They've got Giroux there. Giroux is going to be a massive upgrade for them, especially when the playoffs come. He's going to feel like he has a second life because it's been a while. It's going to be great. So, so Florida definitely. After that, it's really interesting because it is going to almost you know figure out where the team ends up because I almost want to pick the Rangers, but I don't know if they can do it unless they're actually um, a wild card team to face Florida the way they're going to be right with their record. So, I'm trying to think who else would I pick if it's I mean, not going Carolina here. I mean, Carolina is just got no, I think the Rangers structure. are better than Carolina. I take Shesterkin over Freddie Anderson every day. Um, I think Carolina still got the defensive structure that the Rangers don't, but Carolina does struggle at times to score. But doesn't they it, do the Rangers? They just give up so much quality, Russ, and just so good. Is that sustainable? No, and, and it may not be in that, and that's why. This might not be their year, but, um, you know, I'm trying to think. I mean, the Caps, okay. no, I don't. No, think definitely not the Caps. And Pittsburgh, uh, I think, will come. Nah, I think they're going to come up short at some point. I do. What about Toronto or Tampa or even Boston, for that matter? I mean, Boston is a Boston's better. Right like, they've had – they definitely are, are rebounding. No, nah, you know – I think Tampa and Florida are going to match up before the Stanley Cup. So, Oof. and I do expect Florida to beat them this this time. Yeah, I do. Oh, that's so year, I, last year was fantastic. It was, and I think it will be even better this year. I can't pick Tampa as a result, knowing that that's coming. Um, so you're so you're going Florida and maybe the Rangers. I'll go the Rangers and Florida. Yeah. The 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 two I have in the West, I have Calgary. Um, okay. Getting to the cup, as a matter of fact, in the okay, um, and I have the other top team in the West as either the Wild or the Blues. Uh, again, I think Colorado has got second round knockout written all over it for some reason. So we both have the Blues going to the conference final. So that's yeah, I that's like the Blues because they're good. But who's going to be in that? It's going to be Huso now, right? Oh yeah, it's going to be Huso because Bennington's a punk. Okay, but hold on. I know you're not a fan, but is this a function of Jordan Bennington? Or Craig Berube or both? Because we know what Craig Berube is like with goalies, too. Yeah, but why is he not that way with Billy Huso? Because Huso is playing the part of um, of Ray Emery. That's why. Uh, I'm not buying that. <laughs> and and Jordan Bennington, because he won already, he's the Steve Mason that, that Berube is now starting to despise. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame him. I mean, you I'm remember he despised that. Steve Mason, right? You oh, could yeah. admit that. Yeah. yeah, well, Mace was a little different. I know. 
But I just, uh, I guess it will be with Huso though. I guess that's that's the way it's oh, going right to. Now, if the playoff started, it's Huso yeah. and, until he loses the crease. If that happens, right. Uh, but but in the Eastern Conference, I I do like Florida, but I do like Carolina as well. I, okay, I, Freddie Anderson's been so good all year. Boy, I'll tell you, you're a goalie guy to back Freddie Anderson in the playoffs. I know. Oh, I know. I, I'm on thin ice there. The you really the are. I might put you in over Freddie Anderson. Yeah, don't you haven't seen me in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple of years since Lincoln Financial. That's true. Oh God. And uh, I'm a couple of years older in the whole thing, so uh, I'll go. With, I'll go with Florida. Yeah, it's funny. I I did get a text from Giroux that said the reason why he chose Florida is because Russ picked them preseason to go to the Cup final. Yeah, of he course. Did say that in the text to me. He said, Russ of course Collins he did. <laughs> I get of course. No, of course. But you know, listen, I I saw the structure of everything there. But I'll be f- really honest. Did I think Bob was going to be the goalie? No, I thought Spencer Knight would probably be the goalie. So I think Bob has fooled us all and having another great year where he almost looked like he was going to be on the scrap heap and just collecting his check. Boy, it's a big check too. And he's four more years after this. I know. Here's the, here's the funny thing. One last thing on that. So people are like, well, you got to trade Spencer Knight, right? I'm like, no, no, no. If he, if Bob becomes the backup, then you just have to deal with it as a team and you just have to, wait until he's like two years out and then maybe you buy him out, but you got to go at least a couple more years with these two guys. I'm not trading Spencer Knight for the life of me. No way. No. Why would you have drafted him in the first round? What? 14th overall. I know because people feel like, Oh, he's going to get blocked. He's going to get blocked for the next four years. People never look at like what else might happen. Like this could be the last great year, Bob. And then next year they might decide, Hey, it, it really is Spencer Knight's time. And then you just have to suck it up with Bob like the Islanders had to suck it up with DPHO, and you just have a really overpriced backup. But yeah. it happens. Yeah. I agree. I'm not moving Spencer Knight. No way. No. I'm not investing what I did in him just to flip him and nope. try and get more. I need goaltending because without it, you got you don't have anything. You, you no, have and they have everything else. Like They literally have everything else on that team. Every team that you look at that is rebuilt and retooled or whatever you want to call it, they all have one common denominator. The ones that have had success have goaltending. The ones that have not do not. Look, yeah, look that's at, why Edmonton, I can't back Koskinen. I yeah, can't. Can't do it. And it's it's why Toronto has got out of the second round. They haven't yep. had the goaltending at the right time. They don't have Campbell was doing it until he got hurt, but that's Jack Campbell's story is like he always seems to get hurt. Yeah. And I can't back Peter Morazic. Like I I would there's no way. I'd have to have my head examined. I still can't unsee Morazic when he was a flyer from a couple of years ago. He was now. Maybe you could answer this question since it's a few years out. Why did he so fall so far out of favor that he didn't even have a locker in Voorhees? Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think he was a problem. You know, like he was. A- why did he not have a locker? He was still a member of the team, and yeah. he didn't have a spot. That's a good question. <laughs> somebody, somebody said, "Get him out of here." Mm-hmm. Didn't pay his real estate bill. I don't know. I mean, lost, you know. lost his lot. <laughs> but it's it's something. It got reported. Yeah, very I always wanted to know that. We'll we'll never know that. I'll but get him find out. Yeah, <laughs> but Shalgren is Shalgren going to be the guy for Toronto? No, no, I can't. I can't go into the playoffs expecting that, especially for a team with those expectations. Yeah, it's they, be interesting what happens there in the offseason if they get bounced in the first round. It's just so hard for them. Like, they have all the pressure to get out of the first round, and there's no easy matchup where nope. you could say, oh, Toronto's going to beat them. They could end up as a wild card team here in a matter of, <laughs> in a matter of days. 
I know. Wins with Boston. I know. Nuts. If they match up against either Boston or Tampa in the first round, I can't pick them. See you later. Yep. That's see you later time, right? <laughs> I mean, th- they could match up against Carolina in the first round. They could. As a wild I card. would give them a chance against Carolina because of my dislike of Freddie Anderson in the playoffs that I might be able to pick the Leafs then. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I'll take Carolina. <laughs> I'll take Jimmy Carolina. Yeah, no Dougie Hamilton, no problem. You got Tony D'Angelo. The only problem is, yeah, we don't know what D'Angelo is going to do in the playoffs. He's got three games under his belt. That's all he's got in the playoffs. Um, he has a great year, no question. The MVP, though, it's funny. If I had to tell you who the MVP is of of Carolina, it's Rod Brindamore. It's not any of the players on the ice. I would agree. He's unbelievable. He's a great coach. He's got those guys so bought in. It's insane. All right, Russ, let's wrap it up. Um, all right. Check out sportsology.com. That's where you can see all of Russ's work. Any new features on sportsology.com that people should keep an eye out for? What did I just put up? I actually just put up a New York Mets article yesterday on what they need to improve on if they really want to go far, not just to win the division, but actually to win it all. So I did um, put that up. Uh, I'm going to have a new. Um, I'm going to have a new rankings probably this week. Now that the top prospects game is over, so I will work on that next couple of days. So definitely keep an eye out for that too. Uh, check it out at sportsology.com. Reeve Russ's work there. Also, uh, DP Ringside, great stuff there as well. And uh, at Sportsology on Twitter. Russ, thanks for doing this. Thanks, Jace. There he is. Russ Cohen joining us on this episode of Stick to Hockey Live. And uh, let me tell you one last time about Bet Parks because the new app is up, it's running, and it's doing fantastic. And you're going to love it. It's easy to use, easy to navigate, easy to get your action in. And uh, you got to check it out, uh, whether you want to bet. Uh, exact scores, first to score, points over unders on players, player performances, same game parlays. So you just want to go old school puck lines, you know, money lines, all that stuff. You can do that as well. Uh, check it out at Bet Parks uh, on Twitter. Uh, follow them on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as well. There you're going to get daily features, great content, and tons more. And it's easy to sign up, fun to use, and it's faster to win than ever before. How about this for users of uh, Bet Parks? You get a choice of either a $20 casino bonus or a $20 free sports bet. Uh, So make sure you download the new app if you don't have it by now and check it out and just see how easy it is to navigate. And you're going to love it because it's great stuff. And coming up on Thursday's episode, uh, we'll have another edition of Tone's Takes. Tone will give you some great places to put your money. It's the Bets Park app, everything you need in a mobile casino and sports betting app. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER and again follow them on the social channels at bet parks on twitter follow them on facebook instagram and youtube as well you get this podcast you get the IG's podcast with myself and harry mays new episode coming tomorrow and much much more so check it out bet parks app and uh get your action in on uh, the remainder of the hockey season and playoffs basketball season college and pro and uh of course baseball around the corner as well so that's gonna put a wrap on this episode 33 of Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. We'll talk to you Thursday on a brand new episode right here. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.